Welcome to MJ's Magic Hour. Less than an hour, yet jam-packed with New Earth Magic. I'm your host, Magdalena Jensen, transformative coach and mediator. Let's jump right in. Okay, welcome everybody to this episode of MJ's Magic Hour, rarely an hour, yet jam-packed with New Earth Magic. I'm super, super excited to have today's guest. I'm always excited to have my guests, to be fair. Like, there's a reason that I invite these people to be on, because they're all special, magical beings doing incredible things in the world. So today my guest is Jamie Arrigo. She is a photographer, and that is not the context in which I met you, actually, Jamie. You and I met because you have done something awesome where I finally got to find a little bit of a home on the internet. You created a community called Wake Up High Five for businesses, for entrepreneurs who are, this is my interpretation, I'm gonna have you introduce yourself however you want to present yourself, but this is why I came into your world. For business owners and entrepreneurs who are maybe a little bit counter narrative or not really interested in the mainstream or looking for community because of that right (laughs) um and so i was so excited to find you i've been in the community for about a month on my very first um community uh check-in call that i joined i remember afterwards I got off to ha- and had dinner with my husband and I was like telling him all about this stuff that we were talking about. And he's like, you guys sound like you could be Infowars 2.0. <laughs> um, and he's like very, very open to all of the counter narrative, uh, counter mainstream narrative, uh, even more so than I am. So or plugged in more so than I am. So that was quite funny to hear. Um, so, Jamie, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I'm looking forward to this conversation, but before we get into it, I would love it if you would introduce yourself for our listeners. Thank you so much. Do people call you Magda? Like Magda, sure? Magdalena, Magdalena, Mags. Okay. Yeah. Mags. Okay, great. Because I always want to call you Magda and I'm like, I Magda's fine. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I was so excited when you hopped on that first call as well, because it's always just really nice to have new energy come to the community and what you're bringing is just so elevated and cool. And it's just, it's just always nice to connect with other people who are with it, especially creatives. That was my inspiration behind launching the community. So as you said, Wake Up High Five is a community for creative entrepreneurs. It's, you know, we're all creatives. We all the, we are all creating constantly, whether it's, you know, creating a business plan, creating, you know, a strategy for a case you're working on. If you're an attorney, creating a protocol for a, you know, a patient, if you're a doctor, we're all creators. Um, I launched this community to connect people who are mostly in creative fields because um, many of us found ourselves after 2020 sort of without our professional networks. Um, Mm. There were a lot of us who didn't really want to go along with the mainstream who, you know, I'm a photographer, so I'm never going to get injected. That's not something I'm ever going to do. Um, And I found myself kind of in this strange place where that seems to be commonplace. Now, if you want to be on a set, um, they want models to be injected. They want everybody covering their faces. And that's just something that feels in direct opposition to who I am. I like having my face free. I like breathing without, you know, uh, being in bondage and I'm never going to, you know, um, surrender in that way. So I launched the community to connect other people so that we can build our own networks. You know, I know a lot of the big businesses are going that direction, um, but that's just something I'm not interested in doing. And I think we're, you know, the internet is this incredible place where we can connect with people all over the world and help each other. And, you know, we have so many people who have remote businesses, courses that they're selling, they have coaching programs, you know, they have online offerings. So it's just really nice to create this network where we can all build each other up and empower each other. So that yes. was kind of the catalyst behind it. But yeah, I'm, yes. I'm a photographer. I was a photographer in Los Angeles for about a decade and worked primarily with uh, mama baby brands um, and, you know, did campaigns for lifestyle companies and moved into creating um, a creative agency where I help brands with launch processes and help them with social media strategy and visual assets. And I help them revamp website their websites. And so kind of just you know, really love supporting businesses at this point. I'm really only working with businesses who are like-minded, not because 
Um, I don't want to work with the other businesses, but that's just who's finding me at this point. I think mm. you know, we've gotten into a really strange time where everything is polarizing. Um, and if you don't believe the same things, if you know, you don't uh, support the same politicians, unfortunately, it seems like we're kind of going this way. So a lot of the people that hire me now are, you know, of the same mindset, which I really mm. appreciate because, um, I'm done abandoning abandoning myself to make other feel, people feel comfortable on sets, on social media, on you know in my day to day or other. Mm. I'm just there's no more self abandonment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're gonna dive into that in just a second um, as our first inroad into convo. But um, I really appreciate and admire what you're doing and something about this community and having the courage to do that and to stand up there to create this community to stand really unapologetically in your beliefs is something that I deeply admire and you know I worked in the music industry still in 2020 and what I always thought was like a counterculture industry shocked me <laughs> like I was genuinely and I still am genuinely shocked at the amount of artists that have not only made their own choices because everybody is free to make their own personal choices right? right do whatever you want with your body like I'm totally pro bodily autonomy it's when you get artists like Patti Smith, who is like a major counterculture um, artist or Blondie or these punk musicians that are just like shilling for the man at this point, right? And I'm just like fucking shocked. I, I, I mean, I'm not shocked anymore. I'm over it at this point. Um, but I can tell you that that was a huge part of the impetus for me to exit the music industry. And it really comes down to self-abandonment. Um, I abandoned myself so many times when I was working in the music industry for so many different things, being quiet about bullying and sexism and um, also the style of work, the exploitative style of work that is required of you, right? I kept myself quiet for so long and I abandoned my true values for so long that it feels so refreshing to, yeah, not do that anymore. <laughs> and it, for me, it required a massive career change, a massive, massive lifestyle change, um, in part a move as well, um, because my husband and I were not excited to notice that plenty of the venues that we used to frequent in London were asking for vaccine passports. Um, and I'm not here for that shit. I won't, I will not, I specifically will not go to a venue or an event that will discriminate in such a manner. I'm sorry, but my grandfather was put in Auschwitz in World War II, not Jewish, but he was funneled through Auschwitz and, and sent off somewhere else. But the, the, me the cellular memory that I carry of that kind of um, othering of people and where that leads to will not allow me to support that. Yeah, I, I'm still waiting for people to tell me the difference. Like, I, you know, a lot of us have made that comparison. Like that is show me your papers. There's no difference. That is those are Nazi games. Yeah, they and are literally papita and bitte. Yes. And uh and I said that early on in 2020, I said, there's absolutely no difference. This is blatant discrimination. This is the, this is the government saying, show me your papers for you to be able to do X, Y, Z. And I got so attacked for saying that you're anti-Semitic. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm telling, this is the same thing. And people still, there's such a disconnect with people because ultimately I think people want to be accepted. People want to be loved. So the fear for most people of abandonment from others forces them to abandon themselves first. Like people are very willing to throw themselves under the bus so that they feel included, hmm. which is so sad because if you have a society of people who are not willing to stand up for themselves, I mean, you have a broken society. You have, you have yeah. nothing to stand on. If you don't have a society of people who are able to separate the crowds needs and wants and desires and requests from their own, yeah. you know, best course. And 
that's really what we saw. But yeah, I, I feel for all my friends in the mu- music industry. I know people that were kicked off of tours, yep. you know, mainstream Lots. musicians. I loved that. I, I saw them, you know, musicians that were doing events for abortion rights, kicked people off. Right. I I truly do not understand that level of hypocrisy. I really, really, really don't. But I don't want to go too deep down this like vein. I don't want us to get too political today. It's kind of inevitable that this is going to be a little bit more of a political episode than I usually have. I'm kind of excited by it. (laughs) But what I really want to talk about more is this kind of concept of self-abandonment and where that um, strength comes from to stand in your values, to follow your integrity, right? And um, I can share for me where it comes from, but I'd be curious where it comes from for you. Cause I also, you lived in Los Angeles at the time when all of this kicked off and You know, I lived in London and I know from experiences hearing things from my friends and my family in the United States that the US went very divisive, very fast. I feel grateful that in the UK that didn't happen as much. The government tried. The the manipulation in the media was blatant psychological abuse. Um, but for very obvious for me, lots of NLP techniques, et cetera, and tactics. But fortunately, for some reason, people were still like kind of okay with you having different points of view. I didn't really lose any friendships in the UK. In the United States, different conversation, different story. And you were in like the hotbed. (laughs) So how did you find that strength to not abandon yourself? Um, Well, I think that, and this is something I've thought about a lot. Like why are some people able to stand in their integrity? And, you know, I... I faced abuse and stood up to situations that were uncomfortable when I was really young. I think in my twenties, I recognized a lot of patterns that I experienced from a young age and started just putting up boundaries and recognizing this is actually not serving me. This is not for my highest good. This does not feel good in my body. So I think, you know, I, I didn't have like, I, a super easy upbringing. Um, my mom is wonderful and I love her, but I grew up in a single home and anybody who's parented without their partner for an extended period of time knows how frustrating that could be. So we can, you know, that, that was the situation I grew up in and, and, you know, experienced a lot of pain because of that. And I, and like, I don't want to throw my mom under the bus cause I love her and she did an amazing job. I'm sure. Obviously. I know, but, uh, (laughs) but I, I think it was like, I've, I've never shied away from standing up for what I believe in. I mean, from a very young age, I called out my teachers for inconsistencies when they treated students differently. I was like, you know, got sent to the principal's office, got in trouble for speaking up, have always been mouthy. Like I've just never shied away from that kind of controversy and have never shied away from calling stuff, stuff out when it didn't make sense. And so I, and I don't understand when something is right in front of you. I was also raised by a mom who was like, you have to question stuff. You have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Also, like you can't just blindly trust. Like my mom would, she was like not super pro police, like Mm -hmm. just like you have to really pay attention to cops and listen to them and obey them because ultimately if you don't obey them they can just take you to jail so like pay attention but also don't blindly trust authorities so Mm -hmm. I was raised with sort of that lens um and was just able to see from square one I think for a lot of people was the BLM riots it was the government saying you couldn't go shopping that I couldn't take my kid to a you know to a playground but we could go to protest BLM. And so I think for me, it's things to disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, it's still a work in progress. Self-abandonment is, is something I'm always working through and recognizing like the abuse that we experience from other people, the abuse we expose ourselves to. I think ultimately people have not faced their shadow and have not healed their childhood trauma. So they keep, 
they keep abusing themselves. Like and the most recent example I can give is like drinking. For me, drinking is like a form of self-abandonment and abuse. It just is. The only time I do it, I did it a lot when I was younger I, because I hadn't healed. Now that I'm to a, a point where I've spent a lot of time healing, anytime I drink too much, it's because I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to be there. I want to escape my body. I want to abandon myself. I feel you know, I, I also grew up in an environment that was pretty up and down. Right. So I'm addicted to that chemical of, um, I'm, a, I'm addicted to drama. I'm addicted to turbulent relationships. And my husband is an Aquarius. He's even keel. Mm. So I will create problems because I still every once in a while have that need to feel that cycle. Right. And I totally so I hear think, you. Yeah. And I think, I, I also think we're programmed to think that love is equal to drama, is equal to passion, intensity. We're not programmed to think, like how many shows do you see where like you have relationships and they're just in love and everything's fine and it's happy and it's even, even like Sex in the City, remember when Carrie oh, was dating? Totally. Aiden? And she's like, and it's just good. Yeah, and it's boring, right? Like what, yes. what is Hollywood yes. doing to us to reinforce yes. these this crazy, um idea right but you know that's a whole i truly believe that this is all intentional programming quite frankly to keep us disconnected from our power yeah um because we are so powerful once we do see those patterns and we do heal and i loved what you said about um that two things i really loved what you said around how your mom really supported you in this kind of anti-authoritarianism and encouraged that and I think for me, that was also similar, right? My parents took my side no matter what. Yes. At home, I might have gotten punished for something, sure. But I got sent to the principal's office a lot as well, right? A lot. I was in trouble, quote unquote, trouble a lot. Um, and they always backed me and always took my side. When we got home, different conversation, because that was their job to really check in with me and really meet out what they considered to be the the pr appropriate if it was necessary punishment but they were the parents they were the ones who were taking care of all of that they did not allow schools to parent me right. <laughs> you know um, and i loved what you said as well about the fact that there are so many people running around uh, with unhealed childhood trauma like the majority of our life, let's say, is programmed into us by the age of seven, because our subconscious is pretty much developed by the age of seven, and our subconscious runs, you know, 95 to 99% of the show um, in our lives, right? And it's just so blatantly obvious to me that people aren't dealing with that. And it's like, how? How are, how are you not noticing these patterns? How are you not wanting to break them? How are you not wanting to take responsibility for yourself? Because ultimately what happens is you just keep yourself in victim mode. Right. Yeah, it's true. People are not willing to, to accept that they've been abused and are not willing to, you know, face their childhood trauma, their shadow, their like inner child work is imperative. Excuse me. But, you know, for me, it was recognizing the abuse patterns in my life and then standing up and saying, I'm not going to allow myself to be abused in that way. Starting with like friendships, relationships, the family stuff I think was like later and also just recognizing like, it's really hard to go to a therapist and say, this is my experience and have them go, that's abuse. Yeah. Because if it's not put in those terms, I don't think most people can recognize it. I think we're so programmed at this point to think that like neglect is okay. Spanking is okay. Um, verbal abuse is okay. We yelling are in the home, yelling in the home, yeah. which I am working on. I mean, these are all forms of abuse that are totally, totally accepted. People think if you're not getting beat up or sexually abused, that you're not abused, but all of these patterns shape you yeah. and they, they need to be healed. And you ultimately, you need to heal them. So you can have a better relationship with all of the people in your lives that you experience that with, because more often than not, those people love you. They were doing the best that they could. And for me, that's been a massive part of my transformation is healing my mother wound and recognizing mm. like my mom had, so my dad was crossing the street when I was a baby and he got hit by a car. So <gasps> my mom, like lost her oh, partner. Oh my God. How yeah, when, awful, when I was I'm so sorry. Old. Oh, oh no, my good Lord. 
Yeah, he was actually wasted. So that's like another layer of that Oof. of like how alcohol has played into like really ruining my family, you know, yeah. my whole family. But like my mom never healed from that. So like, mm. I, I think I now as a mother of two have so much compassion for my mom's experience and understand she's 100% doing the best she could with what she had. That was it. Mm. She like loves me more than anything. She always had my back. She always supports me, but ultimately all, everything I experienced as a kid, the good and the bad was the best that she could do. And once you realize that as an adult, that like your parents love you, you know, 99% of parents yeah. love you. 1% yeah. are really screwed up and they probably had abuse in their home and they never healed it. But like, I recognized I'm the, I'm the cycle breaker. I'm, mm. I'm like stopping that pattern. And so I'm doing something different with my kids and like the proofs in the pudding, my kids are awesome and they're well-balanced and, you know, they seem to be free thinkers and, and, you know, empathetic and loving and hopefully they don't put up with abuse from friends, partners, the government, like people also are unable to understand that what is happening in California, what we went through, that is abuse by the government. The government yeah. is not allowed to shut you in your room and not give you supper and say what you can do. And when you yeah. can do it, that's abuse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, the thing with that, I love the awareness that you bring to it. And the, the key awareness being that, your mom was doing the best she could at the time, just as you are always doing the best you can with your children. And probably they'll probably end up in therapy for something at some point too, right? But that's the key, right? To, to remember that we're all doing the best that we can with whatever information that we have at the time. Um, and that is, that is what allows us to become kind of cycle breakers, as you said, right? And I believe that it is, we have so much information at our fingertips to start to understand the human mind, childhood development, psychology, neuroscience, uh, trauma, that it just, it's like, we can't, it's kind of our responsibility now to bring that more and more to the table and it's happening. I think that's a huge part of the like evolution of human consciousness that's going on um, is that information is waking people up to a lot of things and things are definitely changing right um, like I don't think that we would have been able to necessarily sit here and have this conversation 20 years ago yeah we wouldn't have had as much awareness about things we wouldn't have had that ability or capacity to understand that people were doing the best that they could at the time, right? Um, but like, you know, my grandparents, for example, they were of the generation where alcohol, speaking of alcohol, five o'clock cocktails, normal pre-dinner cocktails, double gin martinis, at least two of them, bottle of wine for dinner, nightcap, like classic, you know, 50s California lifestyle. <laughs> Uh, California, I mean, and the United States is doing really good back then. So I don't know. It's I, I struggle with that because I'm like, when we had martinis at lunch, we had a pretty solid middle class. Like what, you know, but it's but, because um, alcohol has been sold to us as something celebratory and something that we deserve. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, there's a lot that sits underneath that, I think, um, potential nefarious also uh forces actually and this is something that i've been exploring a lot recently is the like nefarious dark forces right and energies um and where they come from and what they are right because as much as there is also light in the world as much as there is goodness in the world there is darkness equal in equal amounts right the kind of universal law of duality or polarity right um I don't know where I'm going with that necessarily, but I've been like kind of trying to understand. Actually, I know where I'm going with that. I've been trying to understand how can people buy into so much of the, the nonsense that is so clearly hypocritical or how can people how can people trust the government <laughs> and believe that it actually has their interests at heart, right? I guess that people generally, I'd be curious your take on this. I guess that people generally like think that people are good and like, and, and such, we forget about the law of duality that yes, good, but also bad. There is 
bad. There is darkness. We cannot unsee it. We cannot escape it. It is inevitable. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I was thinking the same exact thing prior to you saying that is like, it's really important to remember. And I think it's more important to remember that, you know, it's easy to focus on the darkness because it's shock and awe, right? It's like, oh my gosh, this is going on. This is going on. And I can go there and I do go there. But in accepting that darkness, we have to understand that there is so much light coming out right now. Like they have to keep throwing darkness because ultimately people are waking up and we have light beams that are just like, (laughs) that are like waking up and they're elevating and they're raising their consciousness. And so they have to keep creating this darkness to counterbalance all of the light that Mm -hmm. is occurring right now. Right. So I think that that's just necessity as far as people trusting the government. I think that it goes along with unhealed, with unhealed trauma. Mm. I think ultimately people want mommy and daddy. People want to feel safe, want mommy and daddy. So if you haven't actually separated yourself from that and and like, for me, it was understanding that, I don't know. I, I think, I think people do want somebody to tell them, to tell them what to do, to make them feel safe. If you don't feel safe by yourself and you don't feel like you're able to take care of yourself and you still feel like you need an external something to tell you what to do or where to go, you just have healing to do. Like for me, when everything was stopping in 2020, it was like, I was very clear that like, it wasn't adding up. Wearing a mask felt super counterintuitive. Like I didn't need a megaphone to tell me what was right. And a lot of people don't, aren't in touch with their intuition, aren't tapped in and aren't like connected. So they do need something outside to like guide them. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, Western medical systems also have us giving away our entire power to doctors, right? Whereas a lot of Eastern medical systems have you also listening to your own intuitive wisdom. That being, this is again where the dark forces come in, right? Because even the Dalai Lama encouraged jabbing um, and said that that was for the greater good. And this is where I truly believe that darkness comes comes into the picture, like actual nefarious energy. I don't know much more than that. This is something that is relatively new in my exploration and actually came out a lot in the conversation that I had a couple of episodes ago with Libby Brower, who is also a Wake Up High Five member. Um, And it's been coming at me from a few different directions to really notice true darkness, to name it for what it is, right? We can't just, I tend to be that, I tend to be kind of like a happy-go-lucky, naive person who just believes that, everybody's good and everything's going to turn out for the best. And I don't think we're in those times anymore. We can't walk around like that, that naively anymore. I think it's also important to recognize that the interconnectivity of us and the fact that that is us, that's our shadow. So on, on an individual level, I'm facing my shadow all the time and recognizing, oh my gosh, I do that. Oh my gosh that's a part of me. That's a part of me. And on this, you know, planetary level, we are seeing the darkest of darks. I mean, all of the stuff, everything that's coming out right now in the media, all of the stuff that people who are, you know, conspiratorial and thinking or whatever, like all of the stuff we've known for about 10 years is all coming to the surface. And it has to, because ultimately we can't keep going the way we're going. We like, we have to face our shadow. We have to integrate it so that we can rise above it. And so it is hard because I think we want to consider all of this stuff separate. We want to look at some someone, you know, that's like forcing the jab. We want to look at Fauci. We want to look at even the Dalai Lama, even, you know, it's his holiness, but he's forcing the jab. We want to look at it as separate, but it's not. And I, I think yeah. it's also important to recognize that like, they're all human. We're all human. We're all capable mm. of being manipulated on some level. Like we mm. all like everybody has a blind spot. And this is something I've thought about a lot recently. Everybody has a blind spot. It doesn't matter how like awake or with it or whatever you think that that guru you follow is. Everybody has a blind spot and they are a human being and they are capable of some level of manipulation. So the Dalai Lama may have had somebody come into his office and say, you know, and given him a speech about something that happened to someone and we have to, you know, that's for the greater good. And here this, like the Dalai Lama is not in the you know, he's not a science, that's not his job to like decipher scientific information. He may have just taken that and been like, this is going to be a good message. Like 
we also have a finite amount of intellectual capacity. So if you're not in, in the business of, you know, prescribing professional medical advice, like that may have been something that he was told he had to say, like, who knows? Mm. But I think it's imperative for us to understand that this is our shadow on a global level. We have to face that we are all connected. And so I love that you bring that up. In doing that, it makes it easier to love these people. Like I think Mm. about that a lot with the, you know, the internet trolls or the people who've come after me. I, I like hold them a meditation and really do say like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Because that's, we have to love those parts of us and we have to like welcome the darkness because we don't have the light without the darkness. Hmm, Yes. I think that's an important thing to recognize is that like, I think we want to separate the darkness, but the dark it's part of us. We are light and dark and we have to accept all of those parts. Yeah. What a wise, um, kind of way to embody the yin and the yang. I really appreciate that. I got goosebumps while you were talking, which means it's true. (laughs) Whenever I get goosebumps, it's like, you know, yes, it's like a tap on your shoulder from your angel saying, yes, that, that's correct. (laughs) Yeah, it's all all here. Um, And I think it's really easy to separate ourselves. It's easier to dislike something if you feel like it's not a part of you, but how do you dislike something if it is a part of you? How do you Mm. hate your hand? Like we can't hate those people because they're a part of us. So the only thing we can do is love them and hope they come, they come back over and they like recognize it. Like, you know, we're all a part of this journey. We're all in it together and we can either make the journey really joyous or we can make the journey really awful. It's ultimately up to us, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of the whole point of life, right? Is to create joy. Cause otherwise, like, why would our souls have come to this planet? (laughs) Right. I agree. Um, You touched on something that has been a major, in my opinion, plague on society and um, possibly a tool in hampering this great awakening that is happening. My podcast listeners know that I talk about this all the time, right? We are in this era of great awakening. People are upgrading their human consciousness. They're awakening to the truth of who they are. Part of that is the yin, the yang, the shadow side of us integrating all of that. Part of that is understanding as within, so below, uh, or as within, so without, as above, so below, um, this interconnectedness that you refer to, right? Part of that is really waking up to all of that. Um, And you touched on something that I believe is a true hamper to that, um, and that is cancel culture. What a disease on society cancel culture is. And I know, like, I've noticed recently in particular that a rash of women women that I really admire and look up to are being trolled, especially especially by other women. Like what the fuck happened to the feminist movement? Well, we know the feminist movement has been deeply corrupted and co-opted anyway. I can't relate to being a modern a feminist in 2023 anymore, sadly, um, but I did grow up as one. In any case, um, because that is sort of new for me in, to, ex- to see what is happening to so many women like you, and therefore I assume it's new to a lot of my listeners as well because we all sit in our own social media bubbles i'd love it if you would share a little bit of your personal experience with kind of how you experience cancel being canceled and also um you said that you have reddit trolls etc i'd really be curious if you could lay out kind of what's happened to you and how you've dealt with it and how it's affected your life yeah um it it is a cultural contagion. Um, And I think that, you know, the phrase misery loves company. I think we're living in a time when a lot of people are profoundly miserable and sad. Um, Many of the women that came after me, I knew them personally. So I'll I'll start from the beginning and I'll give you just like the quick five minute summary. So I was living in LA. I kind of started waking up to um, big pharma and the corruption that exists within the vaccine program as a whole with what I had seen with my first child, I kept taking him to the doctor for his wellness visits. He was, you know, he wasn't well. (laughs) And like, no doctor could tell me why he would have really high fevers. 
he got like scabs all over his body. They kept giving me all over his face. They kept telling me it was in Pygo. They would give me like steroids and bacterial creams. He got um, pneumonia when he was two months old after his jabs. I, you know, all the stuff. And, and finally I went to a homeopath, excuse me. And the homeopath was like, yeah, you got to quit giving him like he's having a reaction. And then I started looking into my family history and my husband's family history. And we started seeing like some through lines. And I was like, oh, this is probably not one size fits all. Thinking like if I said that, that would make sense. Like, hey, just so you know. And so I was in this mom group in LA with like affluent moms. It was like, you know, a, a, a like really Los Angeles mom group, like lots of actresses and models and producers' wives and like, you know, a lot of stay-at-home moms with a lot of money and too much time on their hands, which is a really bad, bad combo. Really bad combo. Bad combo. But um, so I started kind of saying like, hey, this has been my experience and I got way attacked. People were so threatened because ultimately that really faces you, that forces you to face some decisions as a mother that you could have potentially hurt your mm. kid. And when we had weird, obscure stuff happening in that group, weird diseases, like really rare stuff happening that I realized they're all on these inserts, right? Like mm. all this stuff. So anyway, so that was like in 2018, 2019, then 2020 comes around and I'm like, just so you guys know, I think I had been canceled prior to 2020. Maybe it was like 2019. I started getting like really vocal about what was going on. And then 2020 hit. And I was like, the government cannot tell you to stay inside your house. That's totally illegal. Just so you know, this is all going to be like, this is all boiling down to like a mass vaccination program for adults. Da, da, da. They came after me big time. All these moms coming after me, doxing me, uh, a real estate agent in Eagle Rock, looking at my personal information, talking about my finances, oh then my creating God. an entire Instagram account about me called oh like, my God. Jamie Arrigo, get off my internet. They would screenshot my videos and post it. They contacted all of my clients and told them I was a white supremacist racist. They what? Again. Yes. This mother I know named Melanie, she reached out to one of my clients directly. My clients dropped me. They told me they could no longer work with me anymore. I was too much of a liability. Da, 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 da. Then you know, obviously in the moment I was the one working, uh, because my husband works in construction. He couldn't work. LA said, you can't, unless you're doing a big construction job, you can't work. So I was the one working. They like canceled me, whatever. So neither one of us were working. So it was like, this is crazy. Luckily, like we were fine. We have savings. It was like all good. We're fine. Um, but that, that was pretty much it. Just a bunch of moms coming after me, like talking, speaking specifically about me. It's like now graduated to Reddit trolls, making lies up about my husband and our marriage. So it's, it's interesting because at this time when they were coming at me so hard, they said nothing about my marriage, but it's now evolved into this new layer. They're like, Ooh, we couldn't cancel her. We couldn't make her kill herself. She moved to Florida. She's doing fine. She's flourishing we're going to go after her marriage. It's like this leveled, you know, these like levels of like, oh, we couldn't cancel her. She's doing fine. She's still booking jobs. We couldn't make her kill herself. She's alive. She's like, you know, living in Florida doing just fine. So now there's like a whole thread making lies up about, you know, my family, which is crazy, but it's, it is women going after other women. It, Why? <laughs> what possesses people to do this? It just literally blows my mind. If you don't agree with someone, scroll on baby like who the fuck cares well i think women are inherently jealous and i know that that sounds so so dumb and simplified but like more often than not when women go after other women it's because of jealousy and they don't use that energy to actually change mm. their own lives they are feeling bad and you know it's not like it's not simple jealousy like you're in high school it's not because she's like the cutest or the has the coolest boyfriend it's you know like uh, two of the main women that came after me and, and they came after me in a facebook feed so i'm able to identify them people would send me screenshots of the horrific stuff they would say about they weren't me. trying to be anonymous no and i and i still to this day i I was in my integrity. I like, you know, I could say a lot of stuff about these people. I know personal stuff about all of them. And like, I'm not going to, why? Because that's not how you end it. Yeah. In fact, one of the women, uh, oh, I was going to say, so two of the women I know have gotten divorces. And so I know mm -hmm. that like, they probably look at my life and my husband and I are great. And we have two kids that we love and like, we have a beautiful family and a happy life. And that probably drives them crazy. And it's probably yeah. really painful. Both of, you know, yeah. these two main women have both gone through divorces. Neither one of them, it seems like really enjoys being a mother. One of them would always write about how she could never breastfeed. 
I know she was really shadowy about that. You know, it's like all mm. of these little things and it's sad. Um, but one of the, you know, one of the women, she came after me and she was writing horrible stuff about me on the internet. And she, I was at the beach for my husband's birthday. This was in 2021, would have been in 2021 or maybe it was 20. Anyways, it was after she'd already been writing horrible stuff about me. And we were at the beach. Um, and I think it was 2021. Yeah. We were at the beach and she came up. She didn't know it was me. She came up and asked to use a wine key. And I was like, oh, hey. And she was like caught super off guard. And it's like, yeah, that's a reminder. Like, A, I was very nice because I don't want to be mean to you. I'm sorry you're hurting so much. You have to go after other people and try them to tear yeah. them down. But B, what you're doing doesn't happen in a vacuum. You're not anonymous. Yeah. What you're doing has a ripple effect. And you're going to see those people you talk about. Like the world is very, very, very small. And so, you know, launching personal attacks on people on the internet is just... It's a small thing to do, you know, you're small minded, you're weak and you're dumb because you don't know who those people know. Like, yeah. I can't tell you how many people have come to me, people with like big businesses, like, oh my gosh, like I'll never work with those people again or whatever. Like, you don't know who people know. It's just like yeah. ironic, you know? I just don't understand what possesses people to put that kind of energy out into the world when like, what goes around comes around baby like that's one of the oldest maxims like hello the laws of karma and dharma have existed for thousands of years i mean come on <laughs> yeah i think we have to surrender to the fact that some people are not having this experience this time around with that mindset some people are not going to get there they're not going to take that leap into like a higher vibration or, a, you know, a higher consciousness, like they're just not. And that's yeah. a really hard thing to surrender because I think, you know, as people who are, and I am still doing the work, I have a lot of stuff I have to heal. I'm, I'm on this journey and I'm humble about that. But that being said, I've really had to surrender and just say like, they're not coming. They're not coming yeah. on this journey. They are in that space and they're going to keep you know, they're going to stay in that loop of negativity. Yeah. Trying, they're like, you know, they're like a vacuum and they're spinning and they're trying to like yeah. suck up other people with them yeah. um, and just surrendering to that being like, that's, that's their journey, you know? Absolutely. You know, and I really surrendered to that in a big way and becoming when I became a coach a few years ago, because I, it just, you cannot force people to change. People have to come to that on their own time, in their own way. That's the way you create the most effective change anyway from a neurological perspective. And I just, yeah, I love that you kind of use that word surrender, right? And I also hold hope that those of us that are doing the work for ourselves, because we're all one, because we are all a unity consciousness or we are we are this you know yeah collective consciousness ultimately um i do believe that those of us that are quote unquote doing the work for ourselves we are also contributing to those people that aren't there yet aren't able to be there won't be there in this lifetime that's not a part of this journey for them etc right like, that's why I so deeply believe that um, it is not selfish to put yourself first. It is the only way because you right. have to take care of yourself first from twofold perspective. One is to feed into the collective and two is to be able to give from overflow and not from a place of depletion or resentment. Right. Um, and for me, this sort of brings us back around. Let's circle it back around to the concept of community because you created wake up high five i'm guessing as a lot of a reaction to some of the things that were happening for you um and yeah i'd be curious kind of what why did you create it what is what are your hopes and dreams with wake up high five um yeah i'd love to hear that so it launched actually in 2020 as just it was just a place where people could go and talk about what was happening with mostly COVID, you know? And it was a really beautiful group. And we had people sharing experiences from job losses to loss of parents, to figuring out travel, to being stuck in countries, to losing their jobs, to losing their communities. Like, mm. And so it started in 2020. I ended up closing it down for a variety of reasons. and sitting with it for a second and realizing like, I really wanted to launch it as more of a 
a networking focused community. So I wanted it to be a place where you could go as a creative entrepreneur and find someone, you know, like have it be a directory of graphic designers and photographers and people who know about, you know, SEO or building a business or even just be able to you know, go on and sort of share information about what's happening in your industry. So it launched, it relaunched with the intention of that kind of being like an elevated and more niche um, LinkedIn is sort of was like my initial mm -hmm. thought, like bringing people together for a specific reason from a specific niche. Um, and ultimately I'm really hoping to have like monthly meetups. So we just launched six months ago and we have like 110 members and I'm really hoping that we get to a place where it's like a monthly meetup in a city around the U S I know you're in Mexico city. So hopefully we can pop down there too, but yeah, mm -hmm. just really hoping to bring people together and to help support people's projects. Um, mm -hmm. the magic inside is, you know, when I see people hiring each other, when I see people collaborating, when I see people supporting each other's businesses, like that's so magical. And I think if you're on the side of things that is, has been missing, like, I lost most of my professional network, most of the people that I worked with, you know, and built relationships with. I mean, I like one of my clients stayed at my house in Los Angeles. I knew her family and she dropped me because she said that what I posted seemed racist about BLM. I've experienced that as well within the music industry context. People yeah. who have stayed in my home will no longer interact with me because I care about freedom <laughs> and I stand yeah. up for it and I make moves for freedom. Right. Yeah. And that the, the racism card is fascinating to me because hmm. I feel like, I feel like telling someone you sound racist is not enough because racism is so blatant. If I was in fact a racist, there would be evidence of it. Being a racist is not something you, like, I don't think, like anybody I know who's been racist, it's sort of overt. I don't think it's something you can like slide in or sneak around. I think it's something yeah. that would be obvious. And knowing somebody for almost 10 years and having them go, you know, you just, you sound kind of racist. It's like, you know me, you know my family, you know, like every single time I work with you, I hire a black model. Like, and that has nothing to do with race. It's not because I'm doing it to satisfy an agenda. It's because she's the prettiest, which is, you know, yeah. how it should be. Um, but and also so the, the whole race conversation in the United States has gotten so out of control. I was in a car yesterday in Mexico City with me, a Mexican woman and a Polish American woman, another Polish American woman, just like I am. And we were talking about this topic, right? And it's like, Anytime the racist card comes up in the United States, all I can think about is Americans are so fucking myopic. They do not understand anything about the rest of the world. They have they to, to actually think that America is one of the most racist countries in the world is like a joke, an it's actual joke. utter joke. Do you have any idea of what happens in any other country and how people who are truly racist are actually treated or how they treat others like actually systemically, truly systemically? Like in Mexico, there is a huge racism towards an indigenous population, right? And what the result of that is that you have people that are earning $400 a month versus people that are earning nearly a million dollars a month, the more white-sican white people in Mexico, right? So that's like, that's racism, folks. Like, I don't know what kind of a joke we're having in the United States about this topic. Yeah, I mean, I think racism absolutely exists in the United States, but it doesn't exist in the way they're manipulating yeah. people. Or the, ex to, and I, re I agree with you, of course it exists in the United States, just like it exists everywhere. But it's the extent, I think, to which that people are crowing about it existing, right? Well, I think it exists. I think it's more on like a socioeconomic, mm -hmm. from a socioeconomic standpoint. So I would argue that, I mean, I think racism exists for sure in the medical system. Like mm -hmm. if you look at the statistics of women, you know, black women who died during childbirth. I know it's horrific. But you have to look at the socioeconomics. I would argue that it's a really bad um, you know, uh, government, government healthcare, 
It's, yeah. it's medical. It's welfare. It's like these horrible systems that have been put in place that are not fair. They aren't like they, they're not fair and they do target poor people across the board. The same yeah. thing goes for cops. Like people are like cops kill black people. It's like, ah, statistically they kill poor people. They yeah. go into poor neighborhoods. And so it's a way bigger conversation. It's way more nuanced and people are unable to have it because ultimately people want to place their blame somewhere. So people want to, people are hurting anytime something happens. So it's, it's like clockwork. So you look at something like George Floyd, people are hurting. All of us were hurting. Every single yeah. person who saw that video was broken inside, Yeah, but no one was willing to actually sift through the facts and go, what's going on here? Everybody wanted to blame someone. So, it's or like if you were trying to share the facts, then you were suddenly considered to be all sorts of things. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it it is a problem, and yeah, ultimately, Mer Americans have so much time on their hands. Like we have so much time on our hands to worry about what's racist, our pronouns, yeah. are this, are that. It's like yeah. right now there are children who are starving who are mining for your cell phone you know metals and minerals like i know it's we have a big problem going on on the planet and we're focusing on the wrong issues but people are so short-sighted and it's it's fascinating to me because i'm like people are putting energy into calling me a racist when there are legitimate racist in the world and if you call everybody a racist then no one's a racist then how, how do we know who to actually stay away from who to pay attention to who to be weary of if we call every single person who's white and who disagrees with the narrative a racist it makes no sense yeah that's actually that's a really really good point okay i want us to start to head towards a little bit of a wrap-up so Conclusion, America's in shambles. <laughs> I mean, that's a very simplified conclusion, but not, and it's not only the United States of America, many, many countries in the world are in a lot of a mess right now. Um, and for me, I, I actually kind of see that as, a, as hope. It's like the tarot, in the tarot deck, the tower card, right? Like everything needs to fall in order for there to be a rebirth kind of thing. So for me, it's actually like kind of exciting. Um, I understand that it's painful for a lot of people um, and I don't want to downplay anybody's uh, experience, um, but we're all in charge of our own experiences here on the planet. Um, and I'd be curious from your perspective, kind of what is the antidote to all of this division, to all of this divisiveness, to all of this infighting. Um, what's the antidote? What do you think? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot because it does seem, it does seem hard. I think it's radical self-responsibility. Yes, and totally. Everybody's starting at home and starting starting making peace in your own home there's a really beautiful book called um pieces every step i think that's what it's called mm. and it's and it folk talks about that starting at at home how can i make our home the grooviest most peaceful most holistic wonderful place for my children and what's going to happen is i'm going to go out feeling good my husband's going to go out feeling good my children are going to go out and that energy is going to go into society yeah, right you radiate like single, beacons of light yeah if every single home did that if every single person focused on what's best for themselves i think I think that's why the, you know, the mantra for the greater good, it's so dangerous because it forced in 2020, it forced everyone to abandon themselves. Yep. It's for the greater good. It's for the greater good. So every single person gave up on what felt good to them so that they could do something for the greater good. So they could be accepted in society. I think that mantra is super dangerous. Mm. I think everybody needs to say, what's the best for us? Like, what can we do? That's the best for us. And I think more often than not, it's going to be similar. Like the, the goals, like what I want in my home is an organic garden. I want a peaceful environment. I want healthy food. I want lots of music and play and joy. And I don't think that, you know, very many people are steering away from that. I think that's common, you know, mm. is that like we have similar goals, but we're being manipulated into believing we don't. Yeah. I think it's also turning off the news turning absolutely off tune out to tune in i mean we can already right. see i mean watch statistics on uh, mainstream media or in the toilet like in literally the hundreds of thousands 
um, which, uh, and these are, you know, news organizations that therefore are required to be funded by large organizations like Big Pharma, because they're the only people that have tons of money to pump into this literal programming. Um, but I think most people aren't tuning into that shit anymore and like truly questioning um, their news sources. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a big part of it. And like trusting your neighbor, I think also just realizing we're so much more alike than we are different. We're being programmed into believing that we're so different. And I guarantee, I mean, even, even the, you know, the people that have been unkind to me, even though the most, you know, liberal of whatever, the people that we think are so different in the, you know, the way we perceive them to be so different, we could sit down and I guarantee we would have so much more in common than we think. We'd sit down and we'd, we would connect over something and we would be like, we can actually like each other and we can exist here and we can be peaceful because ultimately what we all want is the same. We want peace. Like no one's excited about the war in Ukraine, except for all our politicians that are making money off of it. Right? Exactly. Like, they get to launder their money in one of the most corrupt countries in Europe. Bravo. <laughs> that's right. No one's um, excited about that. Yeah. No one's excited about, you know, any of that conflict. So I think it's, yeah. yeah. I love that you highlight that, you know, and I studied in my 20s nonviolent communication, compassionate communication, um, kind of a, a, a system for, yeah, com- com- communication and understanding people created by Marshall Rosenberg, and highly recommend it for anybody that has children or really just anybody. Um, and what it posits is that we all have the same basic set of human needs and whether and our emotions our feelings and our expression is simply a signal as to whether those needs are being met or not net or unmet needs right we all have a need for love we all have a need for connection we all have a need for validation of some kind we all have a need for community we all have a need for contribution safety food sex like really basic things right um and so once you can kind of get a below that layer of um emotional charge to really get to what those needs are we're all we're all so much the same. It's our strategies that we go about, that we employ to get those needs met that make us unique, right? Um, And I think that that's a really, I just love holding that image, right? And I love kind of coming back to that uh, over and over again, because as you said, it also opens up a wild capacity for compassion for other people. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to remember that, to remember that we all have the same basic needs. And another thing is to remember, you know, to visualize people being kids, right? Like, I think it's a lot harder to dislike someone if you imagine them being a child. So that's like a good trick to have in your pocket. (laughs) That's cute. That's like for people who are afraid of public speaking to imagine everyone in front of you naked kind of thing. So that we're, you know, I like that kind of take out that level of uh, angst from it. (laughs) Yeah, the level of threat. If you Yeah, threat and add a level of play as well, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's important. And that's like a really good, if you know, a good direction or a good vision to hold if everybody Mm. just took responsibility for themselves and recognized, you know, the similarities we all have. Yeah. So last question that I ask to every single one of my guests that I have on the show is what is your vision for a new earth? A new paradigm. Um, It's really about the people I think getting back to nature, I think it's simplicity. I think it's, it's simplifying, you know, I think everybody's so quick to say you're anti-science or you're anti this or you're anti that, but man, the advances we're making in technology, I'm not sure that they're always for our benefit. I think Mm. that we have to recognize and be able to decipher. I think certainly within our food systems, we have to just get back to simple food systems. So the new earth consists of, you know, regenerative farming, everybody having a basic understanding of how that works and the importance of it. You know, I can imagine if all of the energy that was spent online trying to bring other people down was spent 
trying to understand our food systems or donating mm-hmm. their time with like the local farm to understand how we can better, you know, our soil, soil management, I think is really important. And I think radical self, you know, responsibility plays a part in the new earth and everybody just, you know, focusing on making their own lives better. I think like my people minding their own businesses, less busybodies. Um, and I think getting away from the power structures, like I, I think it's really, you know, we can idealize, is that right? Idealize, um, getting rid of government altogether. I don't know what that looks like. Like, I don't know what the new structure of power looks like, but I think ultimately if we stop paying attention to those rules, like we have, if we start reclaiming our power and recognizing that we actually are the ones that have the power, they can write all the laws they want. The Supreme court can say all the things they want. The president can say all the things they want, but ultimately if the people object and the people say no, what can they do? Yeah. I guess they have robots carry out there. Yeah, that's that's a potential future, right? But let's stick with the the positive vision. And what yeah. I'm hearing you say is that it's about a power with rather than a power over. Yes. You know. People, yeah, recognize our own power. Everybody's so desperate to give away their power and give it to the government and let the government make the rules for them. And it's like the government doesn't the government only has as much power as you allow it to, you know, it's I literally that, in the constitution by the people for the people of the people. <laughs> I, I always think back to this um, teacher I had in fifth grade, his name was Mr. Olson. And he was a substitute for our teacher because our teacher was having a baby. And man, we were unruly. We did not mm-hmm. listen to him. He had a clacker, you know, one of those. Yeah, yeah. No one listened to it. And ultimately he ended up just like walking out and leaving because he could not control us. And that's the vision I hold on to with what's <laughs> happening right now. Like if every single person across the planet was like, we're not going along with this anymore. Like we're not committing war. We're not committing genocide. We're not going to harm people. Like if all of us said no and really like elevated and reached for, you know, a better, more peaceful earth, there's nothing they could do about it. Like we way outnumber them. Human beings who, yeah. you know, are not in positions of power. I hate even saying that. Um, way outnumber them. They yeah. would be screwed if we unified and unification. That's like yeah. another part of it. That, I mean, what you just said also explains the mm, extremity of the tactics that are used to keep us in these positions of disempowerment to keep us separate from our power, right? So if everybody would wake up to just how powerful we are, and we didn't even touch on like quantum levels of power that we all have within our own selves to heal ourselves, to um, change our realities based on our beliefs, et cetera. We didn't even touch on any of that stuff today, the more spiritual aspects of things, but just from like a practical perspective, we are so much more powerful than we are led to believe. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just a sheer numbers, sheer numbers game. Yeah. You know, totally. I mean, if, if everybody in any of these states, if everybody in California, like imagine they say the beaches are closed, if the beaches were full. Yeah. If every single person said, no, screw this, we're going to the beach, we pay taxes to live in Los Angeles, we're going to the beach. It blows my mind that people didn't do that. The people just, I don't, I don't want to go back down that road necessarily. That chapter, it happened. It was, we read the book closed. (laughs) But I hope next time people understand that like, you can't just go along with that. Yeah. Well, but that's the, that's the importance of us having this conversation. That's the importance of you creating a community like wake up high five so that there are more of us who to come together with a similar perspective and a similar, it's not even that we have a similar perspective necessarily, it's that we have an openness to debate, ask questions without judgment, to converse, to talk, right? right? That's what I really enjoy about the Wake Up High Five community that you're creating. Um, Because I don't necessarily see myself as the same as many of those people that I've met so far. But there, but I feel accepted in my differences, um, and that is, and seen in them, and that's really really cool. Um, and so I would love it if you would like to extend an invitation to people and let people know how they can get in touch with you if they want to continue this conversation with you. Yeah, thank you. So you can join Wake Up High Five at 
www.wakeuphigh5.com, W-A-K-E-U-P-H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E.com. Good job. Good job spelling. I will, I will link it in. I'll link it in the show notes as well. And then um, on Instagram, I'm wake up high five. And my personal Instagram is um, at Jamie underscore Arrigo. So, um, and thanks so much for having me on Magda. I'm so glad you're here and it's really, really nice to be with you. So thank you. Yeah, same. It's been fun to get to know you a little bit more in this context. Thank you for having the courage to say the things you do and to really stand up for yourself and to not abandon yourself and inspire others to do the same. Appreciate you, Jamie. Thanks. I appreciate you too. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved this episode, leave a review or share to a friend because sharing is caring. As always, I would love to hear your takeaway from today's MJ's Magic Hour. So drop me a DM on Instagram, Magdalena Jensen underscore coach. If you have been considering coaching, I would be thrilled to support you to create sustainable change in your life. Feel free to check out my website, www.magdalenajensen.com and let's chat. It all starts with a conversation. Take care of yourself and sending love.